welcome to the podcast for ballerinas, adult ballerinas, parents of ballerinas, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Georgia Canning, also known as the Balanced Ballerina, and it's my mission to break down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet. Through my own studios and ballet-related businesses, I'm all about providing space and content for people from all walks of life to experience and enjoy the many benefits of ballet. Each month, I'll bring you industry leaders and thought-provoking guests who will hopefully inspire you to lead a more balanced life, full of grace, with a little grit. Hello, Balanced Ballerinas. How are you going? We have reached week six of the challenge that I set six weeks ago. We have been drinking lemon water, doing our 16 calf rises every day. We've been doing a body scan meditation and I've been encouraging everyone to move their body and, um, you know, just create some healthy habits to make them feel better. Um, But I'll be honest, I've been a bit under the weather the last two weeks with the good old flu and then I had an ear infection so I haven't really felt like keeping to my own daily rituals and routines which includes all those things I just mentioned so it's really been nice to actually have the challenge in motion as it's made me stick to what I preach I guess because we all know yet it's hard to put into action that when you least feel like doing these important things, that's the most important time to actually do them. So thanks to the challenge, it even kept me accountable and more in tune with what's good for me. Now, quickly, I'm speaking at a conference called Leaps and Bounds on the 4th of May at the Judith Wright Center um, of Contemporary Arts. Uh, the event is actually hosted by Ozdance, which brings together dance ed- educators from all across Queensland um, for this particular event. And I'm actually a little bit nervous. I haven't spoken at a large event since my TEDx talk. But the reason I'm sharing this with you is because if you are in attendance and a listener of the podcast, please come say hi. Um, you'll be doing me a favor because you'll make me feel less nervous. So anyway, I will be there from about 2 p.m., maybe a bit earlier, um, as my talk starts at 2.45 on the Saturday. So I hope to see you there. Now, before I get on to today's topic for this solo episode, I'm going to try something a little different. Because my solo episodes are a little shorter than the interviews, I thought it might be a great place to share some ballet world news before we get on to the topic. So here's three headlines I'm currently loving or pondering. First of all, the legend Twyla Tharp um, is a renowned um, contemporary choreographer. Uh, She has created a trio of works uh, for the American Ballet Theatre and one of them features music from the Beach Boys, which is I think is just the epitome of cool. Um, There's only five performances of this special work and don't mind me whilst I just quickly jet off to New York, I wish. I um, actually recommended Twyla's book, The Creative Habit, in my e-newsletter last week. So if you don't know who Twyla is, um, this will give you a little snapshot into how influential she is, um, especially in the American dance scene. Twyla has choreographed more than 160 works. 
129 dances, 12 television specials, six Hollywood movies, four full-length ballets, and four Broadway shows. And I'm sure there's a bunch of things I've missed, but she's pretty phenomenal. She's worked with just about every major ballet company in the world and is always pushing the envelope, even at the age of 77 today. Phenomenal. Um, the reason I popped this piece of news in is because I just couldn't go past ABT dancing to the Beach Boys. I just think that's fantastic. Anyway, number two. This is relatively old news now, but to give you some background, Peter Munns, the former ballet master-in-chief of New York City Ballet, he retired after three decades in the position after accusations of sexual and physical and verbal abuse from some of the company members. This was big news because five company members came forward with the accusations. Only one is still a current company member. Interesting. After his retirement announcement, 24 more company members came forward in interviews to share stories of abuse that dancers received under his directorship. Anyway, all that led to the New York City Ballet without formalized directorship for about over a year. But this is a bit of news. In February this year, Jonathan Stafford was finally announced as the new artistic director and Wendy Whalen has been appointed the new associate artistic director of New York City Ballet. I am most excited and wanted to talk about and share the news of Wendy's announcement because I've been a huge fan of hers for such a long time. And Wendy famously danced with New York City Ballet for 30 years before retiring. Everyone knows that dancers' careers are so short, so that is amazing. Um, I highly recommend watching the documentary Restless Creature, which features Wendy's final two years as a dancer in the company before retirement. Um, I think you can actually find it on Netflix. It's either on Netflix or Stan, um, Restless Creature. It's a fascinating insight into the company and the pressure she felt to retire. The documentary really reminded me how brutal the industry can be high up the ranks and just how poorly dancers of such high esteem can be treated, if I'm honest. Anyway, Wendy is an incredible coach, often putting her hand up to mentor and teach the younger generation, a proclaimed feminist, and above all, known as a very, very kind human who is incredibly respected by her peers. You just don't hear a bad word about Wendy. And um, the entire dance community is in massive support of this decision. So I'm absolutely thrilled for her. I mean, I wish the company had appointed Wendy as artistic director, which would have made her the first female. Um, but I guess associate is almost as good. Now, for the third and final piece of news, I thought I'd share something that you may already be aware of. But in case you're not. The Royal Opera House has been pumping out live or organised recordings of famous ballets to theatres near you. I may not be able to jet off to watch Twyla Tharp's new Beach Boys work in New York City, but I can head to the movies to watch Don Quixote at event cinemas in April. I can go see Romeo and Juliet in July. I absolutely love this. Not only is it making ballet more accessible, which I'm all about, but more mainstream too. So... Big thumbs up from me. So that's what's on my radar at the moment. Let me know if you enjoyed the little news update or would prefer the episodes without. 
I mean, the great thing about podcasts and social media is that I can bounce these ideas off you guys and receive instant feedback to shape this space and podcast platform for you. So make sure you let me know via Instagram or email. Um, You can always get me at hello at balanceballerinas.com of what you thought. So moving on to today's topic, which is ballet class etiquette. Now, I want to start this conversation first with the fact that I wholeheartedly believe the studio should be inclusive, warm and welcoming. As my podcast introduction even suggests the balanced ballerinas community is all about breaking down the elitist barriers often associated with ballet. However, there are a few rules and unwritten laws that need to be abided by to, I guess, preserve the holiness. Yes, I went there. That's a big word, but definitely, definitely is a good word to describe the ballet studio. (laughs) Preserve the holiness of the ballet studio and the space in which people come to learn, grow and escape their busy lives. Um, And basically they can't do that when someone's being really disruptive. So I've come up with uh, 10 key um, points because basically entering a ballet class can be an interesting experience, Um, especially if if you're new. You quickly learn that there are so many unwritten rules. Um, Few sports or activities mimic the sanctity of a ballet studio. And as a newbie, you could be really overwhelmed as you quickly start learning the ins and outs of what's acceptable, what's unacceptable behavior in a ballet class. For example, uh, do I enter the studio when I arrive? Not if there is a class going on. (laughs) Should I ask before entering? Um, Definitely. If it's your first time, you should definitely ask before entering a ballet studio. Can I wear sneakers? Definitely not. I'll be addressing that again later. Um, can I stand here on the bar? Can I ask the teacher a question? I don't like that step. Can I do a different one? There's just so many questions. Oh, and can I take a selfie during the exercises? Can I film that girl who seems to know what she's doing so I can practice when I get home later? I will be addressing that later and the answer's kind of no. <laughs> anyway, the list goes on. It can get confusing and you might be standing on someone's toes without realizing it. So let's have a chat about um, my 10 commandments I popped together. Number one, always be prompt and on time. Um, Okay, especially if it's your first class, because there's nothing worse than waltzing in, pun intended, and interrupting the flow of a class. The first few exercises are pretty crucial for warming up the body correctly. And especially if you are to enter halfway through a class and skip bar, um, you really um, are putting yourself up for the possibility of injury. So it's a big no-no to arrive late to a ballet class, um, not just from an etiquette perspective, but also a safety perspective. Um, If you're going to your very first ballet class, I cannot tell you the amount of times that a newbie has shown up late. Um, And it doesn't seem to be because they haven't been able to find us. They've literally just shown up right on time. No. If it is your first class, please show up to the ballet studio at least 15 minutes beforehand. The studio you go to might need paperwork that needs to be filled out. um, Or if you have any questions, that's an appropriate time to ask. Um, I've had 
newbies come in before like five minutes late and demand my attention to answer questions and show them to their spot and that's things that I do when they show up early not during class once that class starts at 9 30 or 7 p.m on the dot class has started and I'm not answering any questions from a newbie about where the best place to stand is or you know can I wear these socks Um, so just always be prompt and on time number two um, appropriate footwear must be worn at all times. Bare feet is only acceptable in a contemporary class, in my opinion. If you don't have ballet shoes, socks are acceptable. Sneakers, not so much. Once upon a time, I even had a lady with zero, like zero prior ballet experience want to wear point shoes for normal class. No, definitely not. Um, Footwear is extremely important because the activity requires so much um, of our feet. So when you enter a ballet class and you don't have ballet shoes, so you may be a a younger student um, for the first time, socks are good. If you've got ballet tights, maybe just pop them over your feet until you have a pair of ballet shoes. But ideally, you want to get a pair of ballet shoes if you decide that you're going to stick with ballet um, right after that first ballet class because it's more safe. Socks and tights you can slip over quite easy. Those that want to wear sneakers um, for the reason of support, no. So sneakers can actually damage and mark a lot of people's dance floors. And what I would suggest is, and I'm sure a lot of um, ballet teachers would be okay with this, not for a student, but for an adult, um, you could wear, uh, I wear them to teach sometimes when my feet are sore. Um, It's a block jazz boot and a block jazz boot has the support of a sneaker, but it still allows you to point your feet like a ballet shoe. So I um, suggest those and definitely not point shoes if it's your first class. <laughs> It'll be years before you're wearing point shoes. Um, definitely respect that decision um, by your teacher. Now, number three, don't talk whilst the teacher is demonstrating an exercise. As a teacher myself, there is nothing worse than demonstrating the exercise whilst Anna and Beryl are having a chit chat up the back and I can guarantee that Anna will ask what we're doing not long after I've finished demonstrating and Beryl will tell me I'm going too fast for her. I literally facepalm in these situations because I think I just wish you had have listened when I spent two minutes demonstrating the exercise. Um, It's just also a sign of respect and it can be really annoying for other students if you're talking and they're trying to concentrate on the demonstration in front of them. Um, So just best to keep the the talking to a a minimum in a ballet class. It's really not the place um, to be having a chat. Number four, uh, no clothing or large jewelry that could be distracting for other students. So, You think you're being trendy or wearing a hat, scarf and 10,000 bangles? No, those 10,000 bangles could honestly set off a metal detector in the next city's airport and they are not acceptable for a ballet class. Not only is it noisy, but if you accidentally hit someone in the face, like that really hurts. (laughs) So if you are a younger student, it's definitely a zero tolerance for jewellery. Absolutely no jewellery if you are a you know, under 18. 
If you're attending an adult ballet class, there's a little bit more um, give. Obviously, people have engagement rings or watches or precious, more precious jewelry as an adult. I, I would love if everyone only wore maybe at most a watch and even then you don't want to wear like a baby g or a garmin or something that's big and and heavy it could really hurt someone if you hit them Um, i wear a a small silver watch on my wrist and that's it uh, besides my earrings Um, actually let's quickly talk about earrings studs Um, no big hoops or anything Um, if you're in an adult ballet class maybe a slight dangle is okay but no big hoops or anything because if someone accidentally hooks your hoop and pulls it out that's um, not great that's gonna hurt so one watch that's actually really good I don't have one but I think they're really great for a dance studio is those Apple watches because they're really thin so that's totally acceptable but lots of gold and gold and silver bangles and things that make a noise, um, that can be incredibly distracting for other students. So it's always best to keep it to a minimum um, and definitely nothing if you're under 18. Number five, turning on a fan or opening a window without asking is a massive no-no. Ballet teachers will pretend that they're cool with it when you do it, but it's not cool. If you're feeling cold, to be honest, you're not working hard enough. If you're feeling hot, awesome. Enjoy those muscles warming and working. That's a good thing. What a lot of people don't understand is that sometimes a teacher will most of the time will come in 15 minutes before and prep the studio. They'll open windows, they'll put bars out. um, They will make sure that the temperature is not so cold that people can't get warm. Um, but not hot and stuffy so that people feel well hot and stuffy. So there's a lot of thought that actually goes into it. And if you walk in and class has started and, and the teacher's demonstrating an exercise and you go over and start opening windows or playing with the air conditioning, not only is it just really distracting and as a teacher you're going, oh, really? I've already spent time making this studio space comfortable. Um, it's just a bit rude. Like you should be just concentrating on the exercise. Um, If you are feeling hot or feeling cold, it's always best to ask. Never just um, assume that everyone else in the room wants um, more air or less air. Okay, number six. Leaning on the bar is a huge sign of disrespect in the ballet world. Plain and simple. It basically says, I don't respect the equipment or you and I'm feeling a bit lazy. And laziness in a ballet class, there's just no such thing. One reason why you also shouldn't lean on the bar is because have you ever noticed in a ballet class with um, especially younger exam students, they're always told to turn towards the bar when they change from the right side to the left side. We never turn away from the bar because the bar is like your dance partner and you would never turn your back on your dance partner. So that's the theory behind turning towards the bar. So not only do you turn towards the bar to change from the right side to the left side because you don't want to turn your back on your partner, you also don't lean on the bar because you wouldn't be leaning, well, I certainly wouldn't be leaning all over my dance partner. So that's um, whether you're young or old, a good thing to do. No leaning all over the bars. Number seven. Now this is a tricky one, especially in this day and age. Taking photos or video of other people in class is 
kind of inappropriate. Um, The studio is a safe space where people shouldn't feel like their privacy is being invaded. A selfie before or after class is cute and totally acceptable. Um, But setting up like tripods to film yourself or leaning the phone against the bar to get a good angle or filming someone in class that you can practice later is just a bit of a no-no. Now, sure, ask the girl who nailed the exercise after class if you could film her do it again, um, she'll most likely be really flattered and say yes. Um, And then also, yes, ask the teacher again after class to take a cute photo of you at the bar. I love when people ask me after class or even before class to take a photo of them at the bar. Not only is it great promotion, especially if they post it for the studio, um, it's just really nice because it means that they've had a great time and, and I really like doing that for students. So always ask me if you're in one of my classes and I'm sure other teachers are the same. Um, yes, the teacher will sometimes take videos or photos during class. Now, the difference is that Everyone, unless you're too busy concentrating on the exercise, usually knows when the teacher is filming and he or she will never upload an unflattering photo or video showing poor technique. I would never upload an unflattering photo or video because it's not good for the student and it's not good for me, to be honest, and my business. So I I wouldn't do that. But if someone is taking videos or photos and uploading them without anyone's permission um, from class or they didn't know they were being filmed and it pops up on social media, that's just not great. Uh, you don't you don't want to do that. You always want to ask for people's um, permission. So that's a tricky one because, yes, I do take photos and videos, but it's also my studio. Now, if I'm at another studio, for example, I usually go up to Queensland Ballet to take classes um, myself. I... I'm not the teacher, I'm the student there. Um, I would never, ever pull out my phone um, or lean it up against a bar to film myself. Um, I would do it in my own studio, but and for the sole purpose of promoting the business so our adult ballet classes keep running. Um, but I would never do it if I was to go somewhere else and take class. Um, I might take a cute selfie in the mirror after or before class, but that's about it. Um, now, if you're a student under 18 and you're studying... Taking photos or videos is an absolute no-no. Usually you're learning syllabus work um, and many different syllabi um, abide by many laws, uh, copyright laws, and the information and the exercises and the music cannot be shared. So there may be rules in regards to that copyright um, that you're unaware of. Um, Always ask your teachers before filming anything or before uploading anything. Number eight, let's talk about taking someone's spot at the bar for a second. Okay, if you haven't been to a ballet class before and perhaps you're maybe attending an adult ballet class soon or you're attending ballet for the first time as a student, you will not really know what I'm talking about until you've been to class a couple of times, but everyone has a preferred spot at the bar. Some people avoid the mirror, others want to stand in front of it. If someone has come early to stretch and reserve their place, please don't ask them to move. Not not for my sake, for your sake. They will hold that against you for the rest of time. <laughs> but if you come in and someone's already standing in your spot, tough luck, Cookie. You got to get there earlier. I usually open the studio half an hour early before a class. 
so that people can come in and warm up um, if there's not a class beforehand. And um, yeah, everyone definitely claims their spots. I used to do it as a student um, down in Melbourne. I used to get class started, I think, eight o'clock and I didn't get, I would, oh, I think I'd start getting to class at about 6.30 to get my spot on the bar. Um, yeah, I was a weirdo, but anyway, we all did it. Now, number nine, don't choreograph your own steps. Now, this is a, this is a rule I've had to learn. So you want to do an attitude turn instead of a pirouette or a grand pas de char instead of an assemblé. Don't do it. Only step outside the set choreography when the teacher says these words. Choice of jump at the end, everyone, or choose which pirouette you'd like to do here, etc., etc. Your teacher will often give options and they'll say things like use whatever arms you like. But completely changing a set exercise, not okay. Most of the time, the people that change an exercise are what I like to call a dominant student. I'm secretly raising my hand right now. And the problem with this is that there's most likely lots of newbies copying you. I was guilty of this. I had a friend take a class for me at the studio, one of our adult ballet classes, and I was partaking in the class. And I changed, um, I can't even remember what it was, but I changed very slightly just the end of an exercise to do something more elaborate in the Grand Allegro. And (laughs) dominant student over here. And um, he said to me afterwards, he goes, you shouldn't do that because you need to set a good example because everyone behind you started copying you and those that weren't as advanced got lost in the exercise. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that, which was bizarre. I'm a teacher. I should have thought of that. But from now on, whenever I I take class, I do exactly as the teacher um, asks. So not only because they may have a plan and they want you to do a particular step to lead into another one, but also because it just sets a good example for everyone else in the class. Now, finally, number 10, turn your phone off. Ballet is a form of meditation. Please do not disrupt the sanctity, the holiness of the ballet studio. And if you then dare to take it one step further and answer the phone, well, to be honest, you probably shouldn't be doing ballet because you just don't get it. Having your phone on in class is incredibly disruptive. Um, just turn it off. We have, or, or put, put on silent. Yeah, my phone is always on silent. I think my phone started ringing once in one of my classes I was teaching. This would be years ago now. And I was mortified. I couldn't stop apologizing to everyone because not only if an exercise is going, does it distract everyone in regards to their musicality? If you're a teacher and someone's phone goes off in the corner, I I kind of lose track. I'm terrible at multitasking. And all I keep thinking then instead of the exercise that I'm giving is, oh my God, I wish that person would just turn their phone off because usually everyone stands there too and pretends that it's not their phone. So please ensure that your phone is turned off no matter what studio you go to. This rule applies no matter how old you are um, and whatever class you're taking. Now, let's face it, no one is perfect. I would love to know what rules you've broken in class before. I've told you about mine. And it was number nine, not choreographing your own steps. 
So I would love to hear yours. You can let me know via the Balanced Ballerinas Instagram at Balanced Ballerinas. Um, or you can always shoot me an email, hello at balancedballerinas.com. As always, have a lovely week, BB community. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on today's topic. I hope it wasn't too bossy or preachy. Um, I just thought that it was some really important points that um, if you, especially if you're new to ballet and you didn't start ballet at three like, the, like me, um, rules that are really important that aren't written necessarily written down anywhere so also if you don't already know uh, we have a secret facebook group join the secret facebook group by searching balanced ballerinas community on facebook or there is a facebook icon at the bottom of my e-newsletter that you can click on to go to that group click join and i'll make sure i accept you People have been sharing videos and articles from the ballet world and it's actually a really great place to share maybe some thoughts if you have any about the news bits that I shared in today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that. I'd love some feedback. Let me know. Have a beautiful week, everyone. As usual, I will be in your ears again in a fortnight.